You're listening to the Saturday Morning RPG Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a very special episode of the Saturday Morning RPG Show. My name is Jordan, with a silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian, Sir, Sir Lucian Gaming. Uh, Lucian. Good morning, Lucian. I like the how, R in there. How are you? How's it going there, Lucian? <laughs> Uh, for those great. of you watching and not listening to the podcast, uh, no, I am not a murderer with a cool deck. Like Lucian's first words were, "What do I got mm-hmm. back there, Dexter? Some like plastic sheets." Uh, my house is falling apart, and we're getting some stuff worked on. So there's like no house behind me right now. Well, there is house, but it's all torn up. So that's why there's a giant sheet of plastic up. Uh, but we're okay. So we're, you he know. says. So okay. he says. <laughs> If you squat call me, or what is what do they call that? Where they called like no, the don't cops even on them? Yeah, yeah, don't do yeah, that. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> it's not a good thing. Um, no, we that. have so much news to talk about. So much news. All well, what kinds I want to know before you get going, because yeah. you know we're going to talk about the movie. Because I did watch the movie. There was a movie Thursday okay. for Dungeons and Dragons, mm. which I know you have seen. Yeah. Are we going to spoil it in this show, or are we not spoiling it because it's open and weak, and you're going to make me mad because I can't talk about it? We can talk about it after the show, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to spoil oh. it because uh, we already had. There were people in in the YouTube chat that are just like, "I'm seeing the movie today," and I'm like, "Yeah, I don't want to, oh. I don't want to be that guy." There's but so no much spoilers, to talk about. no spoilers. Okay, we um, need but a overall, over, yeah, we can do that. But overall, did you like it? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And here's my ringing endorsement. I'm ready to watch it again because I want to look for some things that I think I might have missed or I want to see a little part that I knew was there for just a second, but I really want to focus on it again so I know I'm going to yeah. watch it again. And that to me is any movie where you're willing to watch it again is is a good movie. So Yeah. No, I, I would totally more. not even just watch it again. Like I would go back to the theater, I think. But that's also because I, I enjoyed the movie and things like that, but it, it would be fun to see it with uh, – other friends that didn't get to see it with me originally, you know? So I think some of my friends might be organizing another run and I might like tag along with them. We'll see. But, um, no, I would like to do too is I would love to go with somebody who's never played Dungeons and Dragons, maybe has only heard of it, but hasn't really ever looked at it or got into it. Let them see the movie and then ask them, do you feel like you want to play Dungeons and Dragons now? What do you feel like Dungeons and Dragons is now that you've seen this movie, yeah. that's your only reference. You have no other reference for for what it is. I don't yeah, know how you so, find that person, but yeah. <laughs> so my my wife, who has played D anD D, but it is not like it's not the center of her life like it is mine. Um, mm-hmm. She enjoyed it, uh, and she actually enjoyed things about it that I was like, well, I was kind of like let down by this. And she's like, why? Because of ex- all of this and this and this. And I was like, oh. And she really just looked at it more of a. This was just a fun movie. Just a movie. And so I was like, oh, you're right. Like, it doesn't have to be anything. So, but that would be an interesting idea to see, like, because I think, like, watching Critical Role or watching Acquisitions Incorporated, that's what gets people into playing because they see the jokes and the camaraderie between the table and they're like, I could do this. I could be having fun like them on stage. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if this would translate that same way. Uh, this isn't in our notes, but Kate Welch, who 
has not done anything in the limelight for a while. I mean, I'm sure she's doing stuff, but she's not. She's taken a step back from social media. She had an article in Time Magazine about D&D. And I don't know. Uh, Jerry Holkins retweeted it, but she she said that she was watching it and she was never like she never understood D&D and it was difficult to get into, even though she was super nerdy. But then when she actually watched the first uh, fourth edition Acquisitions Incorporated games, she's like, I want this in my life. And it resonated with me so much where I'm like, that's how I felt. Like, I would watch those and I'm like, I want to do this. Like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that D&D was that. Like, I, I ne- you just never know. And now that because of streaming and things, I think a lot of people are seeing it and they're like, oh, wow. You know, so yeah. I don't know if but the movie kind of will like do the- that, but I like the idea that I think anybody will, especially with these tie-ins that we're going to talk about on D&D Beyond, the idea that I could watch the movie and then it's like, here's, like, you could play Edgin the Bard and you could play Sophina the Wizard or whatever. So, yeah. I don't know. And I feel like it's kind of like the old school way of the way you tried to bring people into Dungeons and Dragons before live plays are on YouTube or Twitch. You pretty much had your print advertising, right? You had your cartoon where you try to bring in, you know, a public that's supposed to be bring your D&D in. They did a couple of movies way back. I mean, some terrible, terrible movies to say, here's D&D. Well, there was the original movie in 2000. Yeah. 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 And then it's just word of mouth. So I wonder if this one, knowing what they know now, does this just like some people might have watched um, Marvel Avengers and not been comic book fans, but then all of a sudden started liking the Avengers and like, oh, now maybe I do want to know a little bit more about the comics and the stuff that's going on Mm -hmm. in these characters, because now the movie was so cool. I wonder if we'll get a little bit of that with the Dungeons and Dragons, too, with people you wouldn't wouldn't normally get people that aren't on, you know, YouTube or Twitch looking for live plays to to go through. And I think that's, it's interesting too, because depending on which live play you get, you can get a very differing opinion of what Dungeons and Dragons is because critical role Dungeons and Dragons, I always felt like is very different than acquisitions incorporated. Oh, very. Yeah. And I don't know if people would have known that there is that wide swing of a difference because you might say, Oh, I love this. And I'm going to go try to find a dungeon master and they don't do that. <laughs> I you know? I 100% agree because uh, you could... That's why it's like, I think the, the charm of Critical Role and the charm of this is like you find your like-minded friends. They all kind of enjoy Critical Role together and then you're going to have a Critical role experience, you know? But think, think about like, I mean, even podcasting. Like their podcast started up and people were like, yeah, these are kind of cool. And then there was a huge explosion and then it became so easy for the average Joe to buy a microphone and start a podcast. And and then it exploded even more. And that's how I kind of feel is like people who listen to podcasts eventually come to that point where they're like, I think I want to like make a podcast. Like I like having these conversations. And with games, I think it's kind of the same way. You're like watching or listening to these games. So, But you're right. I, back in the day, it's got to be. I bet the majority of role play ga- role playing gamers were uh, readers, like people who really enjoyed books yeah. and like long book series. You know, like like we're gonna read all of the Dresden Files and we're gonna talk about it, and then we're gonna go and have this like you know Mage the Assumption game because that's kind of the next step into it. Um, yeah. And it was like word of mouth and 
weird circles. But if I just wanted to go play D and D, it's kind of hard to like find somebody to. And I think going to a bookstore was pretty big back in the day too. I don't know if if it is these days because it's all so digital and also audiobook oriented and it's so easy to get stuff online. But I just remember, you know, even early two thousands, nineties, eighties, you know, on a Saturday afternoon, you might go, you know what, I'm going to go down to uh, Walden books or something and just look through the, the shelves yeah. and, you might, and there's always a role play section was always there. You know, you could see Dungeons and Dragons and other stuff was there. And that's how I stumbled upon, you know, other games like Warhammer or I stumbled mm-hmm. upon other games like Rifts and things like that. It was just like it was in the bookstore when and you would go to that like you would go to, hey, I'm going to go down to the mall and just look at different stores. I'm going to go to a shoe store and look at some shoes. I'm going yeah. to go to a bookstore and look at some books. So, yeah. And, and word of mouth, I think, was the way, you know, it kind of passed around. Probably yeah, yeah. Was, but. And and just nerd culture in general is becoming more. It's becoming bigger. Um, I don't think there was the same stigma to role players as there was like comic book readers, but like you know superhero comics, like that was like oh you nerdy and blah blah blah. You have these, and now the MCU is like the biggest property ever. You know, maker, yeah. um, <laughs> and who knows if D and D will be that way? I think if they play their cards right, Paramount could have their their MCU if they really wanted to because. There's so much there. Like, that's half the battle when you're creating these things is like, okay, we're going to pull from this franchise. What do you have? And Dungeons and Dragons has so much to offer for different characters, for different villains, for different worlds to play in. Like, and then to have the, you know, Vecna level threat of the multiverse and like build up to something like that. So, and I think it was the FRCU. They call it the Forgotten Realms yeah. Cinematic Universe. I yeah, hope they I don't wonder. call it that. The Frick You? Yeah. No. It's <laughs> hilarious, though. I like that they chose for this one to be, and I don't think this is a spoiler, because I think you'll see this if you watch the trailers or whatever, that it's more comedic. And I think what the problem with some of the older movies is they tried to make it to show the seriousness or try to take it like it's a, you know, a, a drama movie or maybe an action movie, but not really put enough money in it to make it a real action movie. So that was really kind of a, it was, it it didn't have any real soul to the other movies that you've watched that are Dungeons and Dragons based. Whereas this one, I thought they just picked that perfect, you know, everybody keeps saying, um, you know, guardians of the galaxy esque kind of show. And I think that's just, that's the route you want to go with the forgotten realms, Dungeons and Dragons is that humor tinged, fantasy super fantasy world i think is perfect i don't think you want to try to make it to like the rated r you know you're not trying to make the game of thrones version of dungeons and dragons i don't think which is more serious subjects right and more hard hitting and more characters are dying left and right and you're you know it's just like a a different type series i think the the comedic route of this adding the funny things and adding the the fun of the adventures was a really good idea yeah um And it's funny. So you keep bringing up like the older movies and I think they made four. They definitely made three, but the first, but the first one came out in 2000 and it's, it also has humor, but it was just a bad movie. And then Mm -hmm. the other two or maybe three came out and they were direct to DVD. Um, So it was, and, and they, in the, the line of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, the original company that got the property to make the movie, if, they didn't make if they didn't utilize that property so many times they would lose the rights to it so really 
movie two and three, and I think possibly four, those were made just to hold on to the rights. And then they were sold mm-hmm. to Paramount for like an exorbitant amount of money, I'm sure. Um, or the rights fell to Paramount in 2017. I'm not even sure. It's kind of weird. But uh, I, I think you could tell a Game of Thrones story if you wanted to in the world of the Forgotten Realms. But it's not as, um, like, nobody is having fun being that serious at the table all the time. And yeah. so, although it might make, like, for a good drama story, I don't think it captures the, the joy of D&D, which is, like, yeah. laughing at the fact that you spent an hour trying to open an unlocked door, you know, or something like that. Like, there's always yeah. those silly well, little things. Well, I even things, think the characters, so. like Volo and Mordekainen and Bigby, they all just seem like... Mm-hmm characters that have a, there's a comedic bent to it some of oh, the yeah. magic items have comedic bent to it there's like there's all the kinds spells of like big b's giant yeah. hand like that's a funny spell so yeah i agree the i jar with mayonnaise yeah i agree i agree i think uh to me the love of D is how silly it can be it doesn't need to yeah. be like gonzo silly but i i yeah. like that it is jovial so that's what dcc is for right gonzo silly. dcc is for gonzo for sure <laughs> Um, but no, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do a Ravenloft movie, you know? I wouldn't be surprised if they do other things and kind of tie like it all together. R, go full serious. I well, guess, make, I, I don't guess. think rated R, but like, I don't make it more serious, you know? So, and then going into this, uh, John, Ligua- John Liguizamo, uh, Joe Mag- Manginello, he wants to mm-hmm. make, uh, or he is producing a Dragonlance TV series. Um, yeah. So that's happening. And who knows uh i mean dragonlance i don't know he could make it super serious he could, could not serious. so we'll see i was wondering did you i was looking all over did he make a cameo anywhere in the show no. i thought of anybody that was going to be just as a somebody walk by kind of guy who loves yeah. D has been trying to make a D movie and show well and he's an ever. actor like I, he's kind of a logical super, choice yeah uh so there are no cameos that i know of um, I was really sad that Ed Greenwood wasn't in the movie because I thought that's a given. Like, put him even mm-hmm. in a bar in the back telling a story or something. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was really sad that, well, there was a couple others, but then, um, and I'm not the biggest Critical Role fan, but I was like, man, Vox Machina should have been in there. Like, and maybe they, maybe no, it was spoiler. too early in the production. Well, they're not. No, they're not. But, like, I, I wanted uh, Edgin the Bard to, like, walk into um, Grog and Grog be like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, sorry, just mm-hmm. something s- slight like that. I was so hoping for something like that because it would have been a great I nod to the fans. Was, I thought there was one piece, but now I don't want to spoil it. So the, maybe I'll ask you after the show. I well, thought there was a... Oh there's, yeah, they, 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 the actors do not make a physical cameo, okay. which is what I was saying. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so I was sad that there weren't cameos, but... Uh, there is a f- uh, there's a fun painting of Volo in the background of one of the scenes, which was really fun. And there's a couple other little things like that that I thought was really cool. So yeah. So for all of yeah. you that are going to go watch it, make sure you're looking for all the little Easter eggs and let us know in the comments in case we missed any of the Easter eggs. Because I want to do a full like here's I want to see all the Easter eggs that were out there because I yeah. think there was a lot of stuff happening yeah. in the background. But the movie was good enough. I was paying attention to what was going on. So I, I didn't catch everything that was going on in the background. But there was some really good stuff, I thought, that on a second watch through, I would I would find it. Or maybe a third or a fourth or a fifth. <laughs> yeah, I I want to... Uh, I, I, 
I want to get it on DVD already so that I can like go through it and yeah. be like, this is this, friend. you know? Um, would you, would you take your, your kid to watch this movie? He wouldn't sit through it all the way. Um, my kid I mean, is three. If he was the age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like, if my if kid was kid eight, I would totally take him because I think he would yeah. have a lot of fun. And in, there are some uh, like they say the s s words. You know, those are kind of like PG thirteen swear words at this point. Uh, but nothing. Some some families might be upset by that. I'm not, but you know. Yeah. Uh, so they might be like, well, you really should be 12 or 13. But I was like, I would let my eight or eight or nine year old if I think they would enjoy it and they had interest. So, yeah, I felt like it was a, a show that a family could go to. It's a show that you, you let the teenagers come in and watch it. You let, I would like, yeah. you know, eight, nine, 10. I loved all the actors too. Uh, unsung hero or like, I, I think she deserves more credit is the, the older girl that plays the daughter. Like she was so good and so like I don't know I really liked her and I'm like I want I want more adventures with her now like I want her to like run around and do cool stuff so yeah. um yeah we could have a spoiler discussion room in the Discord uh maybe at some point I think we're gonna transition but like we'll Let's talk wait. about it next week and maybe we can have a spoilery yeah. more discussion there so yeah but overall it's fun uh. But then so, Tuesday happened. Then Tuesday <laughs> happened. So on Tuesday, they had the D&D Direct, which was actually not a lot of new information on the D&D side, but more like, here's all of the brand tie-ins that we're doing, which some are kind of yeah. interesting. Um, one of the big ones was, which kind of makes a no-brainer in my head, is Minecraft and D&D. So uh, as someone who doesn't play Minecraft, and Lucian, you have played Minecraft, um, this feels like a big deal. Is it like, what is As it? somebody who started their channel on Minecraft videos and Minecraft in YouTube and making videos go synonymous and people making servers and whether it's role play servers or things that they can do. And there's role play series out there and they use Minecraft to express role playing and all those kinds of things. I thought this was a great crossover that I am so excited for because they have, Minecraft is that type of, like, I'm going to explain Minecraft to people who probably everybody's played it. I can't imagine people who haven't played it. But a very creative building game that's completely terrain deforming. You can grab stuff. Build it's it like Legos. You like, yeah. you can build and whatever you night, want. Yeah. The monsters come out, and you have to figure out what you're going to do. And it's had so many expansions and things added to it so that you can craft and build and adventure. But then they also created servers where... You could lock some of the, the the building part down, but you could then just create like these levels of dungeons that people could go through. And it has puzzles and it has things they have to fight and it has things that they would collect and bring back. And then if they do it all, it's like a completionist thing. So then there's like all these adventure maps that are out there. And then they gave tools to the community to do more and more of that. And it's so community driven. I can't think of another game except Dungeons and Dragons that is has as much community creating content minecraft's probably the only thing i can think of that comes close to the amount of stuff that people create for dungeons and dragons just yeah third party stuff or on their own or homebrew right so yep. it's like you you throw these two things together and it's like a perfect meld i can't wait i'm super excited like i'm overly excited and it's forgot it's forgotten realms stuff and i wonder if they're gonna make servers that are based because they showed cities that were built 
Oh, really? So they okay. Could, so it looked like you could see some of the city. So they might be building part of the Sword Coast, or somebody could build the Sword Coast, and then you can adventure and do stuff in there and just at least even visualize it, right? Even just see, here's Waterdeep. I've taken the map that has all been 2D, and then I build it in Minecraft, and then people can go and play in it and do whatever they want, and you can do all this stuff. I just think, super excited. I'm going to have a bunch of stuff that the minute I can get into this, I'm all about it. Um, I think it's huge. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I think it's awesome. Like, uh, I'm curious to play. It was, here's a topic of conversation I was having, uh, as not somebody who has played a lot of Minecraft. Um, I then watched that and I'm like, okay, the graphics are Minecraft graphics, but clearly the community doesn't care about that. They just love it. Mm -hmm. So then I saw wizards virtual tabletop that they demoed and I'm like, okay, it's like a virtual tabletop, whatever. But then I was like, did you just kick yourself in the head by giving D&D over to uh, Minecraft and then all of your younger community people that you want to have on board are going to use that rather than the virtual tabletop? Or maybe they just use both or I don't know. But I thought that was really kind of interesting where I'm like, well, Minecraft feels like a better option almost to have the experience that people want as opposed to this virtual tabletop. I don't know. And you can run Minecraft on practically anything. So yeah, like this unreal unreal engine virtual tabletop. I was like, that's really cool. If it doesn't work on a phone or a Chromebook, I'm not really sure I could use it as much as I could something else. So, yeah. And I think it's a difference between two. I think what it gives it does bring a younger audience because the Minecraft audience, although all ages play are in yeah. Minecraft, everything, every, you know, everybody's Excuse there. Skews towards people who have more kids. free time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of kids playing and, and I've been on servers with plenty of kids that are super creative and, and a friend of mine, his son had joined when he was like nine or 10 and, the, and that kid lived and breathed in Minecraft because mm -hmm. he loved building and he loved creating things and just doing all that kind of stuff. So I think it's great because I saw like a beholder monster. Yeah. Like I saw some of the monsters are going to be in there. So that could add some new aspects to Minecraft. That's super cool. Um, just bringing in that lore. Maybe they're going to have spell casting. Maybe you're going to have classes. Maybe you can have all the armor and the weapons you can have. Then you could build dungeons. You could do campaign settings. You could do so much. I can't wait. I'm going to try to find out every single detail I can on this because I'm super excited for it. I think it's it's really cool. And I think it's a great melding of two super popular um, IPs coming together, you know, yeah. in a great way, in a great creative way. So. Um, I think I, I'm curious where it'll go because obviously both are huge. So it, it feels like it'll be a big thing at some point. Um, so yeah. And then with that monstrous compendium, number three was released on D and D beyond, which is a bunch of Minecraft themed monsters that you could use mm -hmm. at your physical table. Um, I got it. It's for free on D&D Beyond. So if you don't, you should go there and, and pick it up at least so that it's in your account. Um, I don't, I didn't read the stat blocks, but I was just like, I don't know if I'd use these. Maybe it, as like a fun joke if my players really liked Minecraft, but uh, I don't, it was weird. But that's kind of the niche for it, you know, right? Like there's lots yeah. of, uh, I was thinking about the latest Tome of Beast 3 that came out. There's a, a giant crab holding a knife. And it's totally a meme monster. Like, it's just like a dumb, that crab that holds the knife that in that gif mm -hmm. that's running around. And they're like, let's turn it into a monster. So there are those monsters every once in a while that you're like, 
this is dumb, but my party's going to laugh. We're going to do it. And it's like, okay. And so, um, yeah. like I have the, the shark ooze, which is like a giant goldfish bowl ooze that has a shark on the inside that like when the ooze pulls things in, the shark eats it. And you're like, that's a dumb monster, but it's so funny. Uh, this might be something like that, but, uh, free monster, or free yeah, monsters. I think, um, so. There's a good interview between uh, Chris Perkins talking to, um, on the D&D channel about, you know, creating these creatures. And, and he says the exact same thing. He says, you know, maybe these aren't monsters for every campaign, but it's like, this, you know, just a little side jaunt, a little, you know, when you go to some place that's a little crazy and you can pop one of these in. And he's like, it was interesting creating some of these iconic creatures from Minecraft, like the Minecraft players would go nuts, you know, if they see an Enderman in the game, if they if they see a creeper in the game, yeah. they, you know, that's that's quintessential minecraft and uh <laughs> yeah i would think it would be, it would be very funny to have a game that like you plane shift to the world of zelda and then you're like where are we and then you plane shift to the world of final fantasy and then you go to the world of minecraft or something and then using these could be a lot more fun so i would strongly anticipate more tie-ins like this in the future because yeah. the more they can sprinkle D&D into other brands, the more they're going to get people to come back to their movies. So, yeah. um, There were movie action figures that, that came out, uh, if you're into that. Uh, I'm not a... Hasbro. I'm not a yeah, Hasbro. They, they make action figures. Uh, R.A. Salvatore is finishing his latest trilogy on Drist. And it's going to release this summer. And it's called Lolth's Warrior. And I then realized that I have not finished reading the second book that released, uh, I think, last year, maybe two years ago. And so I'm like, I should probably pick that up. And I started reading where I left off. And I'm like, I don't even remember what's going on. I need to go back even further. Uh, But I am reading a really cool book that I want to talk to you about later uh, called Children of Time that I think you would really, really like. Unrelated to D&D and everything else. But uh, I can't put it down. It's so good. Yeah, in in RA's um, kind of speech or his segment in the Tuesday show, I thought was one of the hard hitting, awesome parts of that whole thing because you could tell the passion behind him writing these books and him being involved with Dungeons and Dragons and him helping. Like you even have it kind of marked up. I think in the in the notes, Neverwinter Nights is the game. Neverwinter Night just never like Dungeons and Dragons yeah. online kind of game. Yeah, Neverwinter is they're they're bringing in Menzo Baranzan, you know, so you're going to get to explore that. And I just thought, that's very cool. So that's all of this coming on, and he, he just talks about, you know, his love of D&D and bringing it to other people and his character and how his characters and his books are written. I thought it was really good. It feels like for anybody that wants to get more lore for Sword Coast and, and Forgotten Realms, this is going to be the year for it because... They're, in the game, you're going to get more Menzo Baranzum. We're going to get more books. We're going to get, you know, maybe the D&D Minecraft crossover is going to have more lore stuff in it that we hadn't heard before, right? You know, so it's like there might be, we might see or get more of the Forgotten Realms than we've ever gotten in a single year before this year coming up. I just think there's so much happening and there's so many tie-ins, which means they have to dive in and dig in and get those those nuggets of lore to put into their game to make the tie-in work that we get more and more stuff. We get more and more lore. We get more and more things. So I think it's going to be great. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. And I mean, he loves Drist. He loves writing for it. Uh, I I love his stories where he's like, 
he actively has said, um, he's like, I'm not George R. R. Martin. Like, I, I kind of write fun TV episodes. And it's interesting because a lot of people read his stuff and they're like, well, this isn't high, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, you know, sometimes things just want to be fun, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, it's one of those things. And so I, I've always really had a big respect for uh, R.A. Salvatore. I think uh, it's interesting. Yeah. So he's also working on this MMO um, or he's contributing writing to the Menzo Berenzen section of the Neverwinter MMO, which I have not played in a long time. I, I, I think I played when it first came out and I really didn't like it. Uh, I was yeah, all excited for it, but like, it just wasn't that good and it might've gotten a lot better. I have no idea, but it's also a lot of MMOs have changed into that pay to win thing. And I don't, I just don't have the time and I don't have the time for MMOs. I'll say that right there. So like I got a kid, I can barely play D and I'm not going to do that. So you might be able to play it on your steam deck. I probably could. I do love the steam deck. <laughs> um, there are a bunch of new WizKids D and D miniatures that are coming out. Um, lots of new toys. Uh, the big ones, they always have these big ones. Like they have the, the beholder head and the mind flare head. Uh, this one, it's like a life size mimic. So it's a big treasure chest that's open. And I think they have, like, a baby owlbear that's also very large. I hate these because they're very expensive. And even if I got one, I'm like, I don't know where I'd put it. Like, it's it's supposed to be this weird centerpiece. I like the smaller ones. Like, I want the Hand of Vecna. Like, I think that's really cool. Where I'm like, oh, that's I could put that on a shelf. That's really awesome. But, like, uh, I think they had the, the Wand of Orcus. And I was like... What am I going to do with that? But at the same time, I've got two Dritt swords on my wall over there. So maybe I do want these secretly and I'm just yelling. I don't know. <laughs> you're just mad because you're going to have to buy them. Just mad because I have to buy, buy them. They're so expensive. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Wizards of the Coast is going back to uh, gaming stores. Um, I feel like they really abandoned gaming stores, especially with if you pre-order a lot of their stuff on D&D Beyond, you get it two weeks early as opposed to buying it in the store. Like, that's a huge, like, slap in the face to gaming stores. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Magic the Gathering went a similar way, where it's like, oh, this set will be released early digitally, but not physically. And so, again, the gaming stores are like, thanks, because it's, it's like, if everyone's already playing there, like, we don't have, we can't have, like, a big event or something. Uh, but we, we talked about it earlier. They're going to Gen Con. They're going to all these conventions mm-hmm. again. Hypothetically, we don't, you know, it's, they say they are. Um, but they're going to host learn to play events at local game stores across the country and Canada, I believe. Uh, which more on that as it unravels, but like, that's awesome. Like, I want to go to a learn to play event and help people and run games for new people. Like, I would love to do that. So, yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I think I've actually went to my library twice now. And asked if I could post a flyer to say, I want to, I just, trainer teaches such a presumptuous word, but I just want to get the, you know, have you never played D&D and you just want to try it out one time? Hey, sign up and we'll, I'll run through and I'll help you. And then you can go find a dungeon master. You can go find a group and you can go do whatever. It's just like, I'll I'll help, I'll help you learn in a nice, easy, you know, no, no pressure kind of situation. I thought that'd be a cool thing to do at our local library because we have a nice big library that has lots of stuff. And I just yeah. trying to figure out, you know, where I can put the flyers and when to do it because I think that'd be so fun to help people learn to play the game. It's one of my favorite 
things to do in Dungeons and Dragons is to, is to run brand new players through. Yeah, introduce new people. Yeah, yeah, just something easy. You know? That's why um, I've been going to my game store every year for DCC mm-hmm. Day, and I'm like, I will run games for you because yeah. I feel that way too about well role playing games, but especially Dungeon Crawl Classics because I'm like, I think more people would mm-hmm. really love this if you just gave it a shot. Um, and they're always like, ah, our DCC stuff doesn't sell too well. We're not going to do it. I'm like, ah. Yeah. One of these days. Um, we talked about Joe Manginello is working on a DVD uh, or a D&D documentary. We didn't talk about that. But for the 50th anniversary, he's working on 50 Years of D&D, which is next year, is the 50th. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also working on a Dragonlance TV show. Because it's, you know how we have those where it's like, well, for me, I played my first D&D game in an Eberron or Greyhawk or something. And so, but he was Dragonlance. Like it was, we played in mm-hmm. Dragonlance. I read the Dragonlance novels. And unlike Jordan, like Jordan played in Forgotten Realms. He read the Forgotten Realms novels. Mm-hmm. So he is like, I want to do Dragonlance because Dragonlance is the coolest. And I think that's awesome. And so if you have such a love and a passion for it, it'll shine through in the production of it, you know? So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the coolest part of the D and D direct for me was a couple uh, of reveals. All of the multiverse reveal stuff at the end. So we kind of got mm-hmm. through all of the. This is what all the tie-in stuff. Um, so very short at the end, they started talking about the obelisk mystery, and we were talking like I was just like obelisks, you say, and so these obelisks <laughs> have been sprinkled through a lot of the D and D five E adventures from the very beginning. And this new Fandelver campaign that's coming out is directly tied into that because there is a weird obelisk under the ground that is causing problems and it's going to somehow spark the catalyst for the next edition of D&D for the 50th anniversary. So this campaign is going to be really, really interesting. And it makes me, I need to go back and read some of the other campaigns because I was like, I bet there's some mysteries in there that I'm still not seeing. Uh, they talked a little bit about Vecna and how he's going to be, uh, well, they didn't say this directly, but he's going to be the big bad guy for the 50th anniversary. Um, and I don't know if that's because Stranger Things happened or if they've been talking to Stranger Things. Like, I don't think Wizards of the Coast has been talking to Netflix. I think Netflix is just like, here's D&D and we'll use... Vecna will use these kind of things, but like Vecna is a, a trademarked term, unlike uh, some of the other ones that they've used. So like Demogorgon isn't a trademark term, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know. That made me wonder if, if they were, if that was planned, but I don't think so, but maybe it was. I think in the first one, I think you're right. But by the second, third and fourth seasons, I think they were talking to D&D yeah. aficionados because they were trying to figure out, what's the next equivalent to the thing we want to do? Mm-hmm. What's the D&D equivalent or what's a good idea to, to reef off of that or take off of that? And that's how you got the different kind of escalating bad guys in those were kind of D&D monsters all the yeah. way up into this last one where we're going to get Vecna. Yeah. And, and the kids reference it. So they're kind of referencing, but it's always clear that they're... Um, putting their D and D knowledge and they're placing it on something that's supernatural and something that's different. And, and out oh yeah. There, they're, they're giving it a name because we need a, yeah. 
yeah, we need a language yeah. to talk about this thing that has nothing yeah. that we don't know about. And so we'll use our D&D knowledge. That's part of the charm of the show, you know, um, yeah. which I think the latest season of Stranger Things is going to have. I think Tiamat is going to be the one that's throughout the entire season, but I could be wrong. So long story short, Vecna is going to be their their Thanos, for lack of a better term. Like, I think they're going to have uh, and I'm not talking about a movie. I'm talking about in the the stories, in the adventures, Vecna is going to be this, like, there's going to be a big Vecna adventure, and he's going to be, you're going to have to go all across the plains and hop in your spell jamming ship and do everything, you know. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a huge adventure for 2024. Uh, 2025 are going to be uh, all about the Red Wizards. And the Red Wizards of Thay are an evil group of of wizards and they're evil nation evil nation well nations can't necessarily be evil just their governments they have an evil government there are some good people in they um but yeah the red wizards to say that (laughs) yeah the red wizards are usually not very good and so they'll be the big thing in 2025 um and then they said that venger from the cartoon series is going to make an appearance and uh that's interesting i wonder if they're gonna reboot that cartoon like I was, yeah. I was like, there's been a lot of, not a lot, but there's been some nods to it recently. The old cartoon, and, some good yeah. ones though too. Not even like we're making fun of it, but like that one commercial that's a, actually a foreign commercial is like Brazil. Brazil or loves the D and D cartoon. They, yeah. they actually, yeah, they put in effort and they did it in such a way that I thought it paid honor, not made oh, yeah. fun of. You oh know, yeah, no, no, like, no. These are cool. <laughs> yeah, they love it. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm all for more of that. Um, but uh, I I have not... I think I watched the first two episodes. I should watch all of that just to say that I did watch it. I think it's only like 13 episodes or something. It was like one season. But uh, Avenger is a half-demon. He's like a Cambian wizard that um, is the main antagonist in that show. So, uh, And then they were talking about uh, all the books that are going to come out. Nothing was new. It was Planescape. It was things like that. Uh the Deck of Many Things book. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, sorry. The the book of... What is it called? The Book of Many Things? I think it's Book of Many Things. Yeah. yeah. So they're, part of the Book of Many Things is they're going to make another Deck of Many Things. And they're expanding the deck to like a full 52-card deck. And they're going to have like a physical deck that you can buy, which I thought was really cool. And it's going to have multiversal tie-ins and more lore and history to where this weird magic item came from. Um, which originally was just Gary Gygax being like, I don't know, a bunch of cards. That sounds fun. But then they have to like retroactively be like, oh, it was forged from, you know, the fires of Mount Doom. And now the cards cause havoc on you. So, uh, but I think I love props at the table. So big, big props to having the, a deck, a physical deck of many things. I think it would be really cool. Um, a lot of the 80s, 90s D&D video games are for sale on Steam and Good Old Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I picked up the ones that I didn't have, which was like a Spelljammer and a couple of the Dragonlance ones. Um, I played a little bit of the Alcadim one, but I haven't played a lot of them. But um, anyway, I thought I would throw that out. They're on sale they right now because of They made a lot of, of like text-based, DOS-based games back in the day. Yeah, this, this and these are all popular. running through emulators so that they work on your modern-day system, which is really cool. Yeah. So, uh, But I, I got them because I thought it would be fun to stream. 
like to play with other people these older games and then i just have never had the time to do it but uh they're they could be a lot of fun i have no idea <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um did you see on dnd beyond they have uh the magic items that are in the movie uh they released it on hither, friday hither wand or whatever yeah hither <laughs> yeah. hither thither wand or rod yeah. um and then uh the helm of disjunction and stuff uh and that horn that horn that's in yeah. the trailer that that the red wizard is holding and it's spewing red Super mist and cool. stuff. So uh, I I was like, oh, they're not real magic items. I was kind of sad about that. But then on Friday they released it on D and D Beyond. They're like, we statted those items from the movie. So if you want to use go. them, they they're all very powerful more. legendary magic items. But it's pretty cool, and I really like that red wizard dagger because uh, the red wizard dagger in on D and D Beyond it like steals the soul of the person that it attacks. So if you go to zero hit points, you're like gone. And I like that lethality of, you know, like we can resurrect Bob over here, but when we go up against the red wizards, oh boy, like we got to be careful not to get touched by their, um, Mm -hmm. their daggers and their swords. So did you see any of the physical props at the movie theater? Like, did you go to an AMC? Cause they had like a D 20 popcorn bucket you could get. I did. I saw an uh, advertisement, but when I was there, I didn't see anyone. I, I know get popcorn and a drink. I was, li- but then I saw it on Twitter. Somebody was talking about it. Yeah. Like, How did I miss this? Was could I have gotten this? But I didn't see it anywhere in my aims. I know they were selling. They're selling them on eBay now for like stupid oh, amounts of money. Sure. I was like, oh, not for a popcorn bucket. No, thank you. But uh, I, I really wanted the cloth map of Faerun. I'm like, that's so cool. But we don't have AMC theaters where I live. Like uh, the last one we had shut down during the pandemic and it is not coming back. So I was a little sad because apparently it was only through AMC that you could get those, um, those actual, those movie props and stuff. So I think, but if you go ask, ask the counter, just be like, Hey, I heard there were like D and D cool things because they have them. And uh, other countries got other weird ones. I think Brazil got a, a cup that like a soda cup, but it's actually a dice tower. The cup goes in on top and then the circumference of it is actually a dice tower. And there was a little like tray to spit out dice. And I was like, well, that's excessive, but really cool. (laughs) Yeah. But I need it. So those are kind of fun. Um, boy, a lot. And that's about it for me, I guess. I don't know. What were some of your takeaways, sir? Well, I thought just going kind of back to their Tuesday, I thought one, it was kind of short. Yeah. I thought two, it was mostly stuff we knew or had just talked about tie-in peripheral things that weren't necessarily books or about the game. No mention of one D&D. Right? Yeah, or nothing about the new thing except for the virtual tabletop. Nothing about tabletop. branding change, yeah. nothing about any more information on when those books would start coming out. It was all just, you know, he, and it was a really kind of small kind of section. I thought the, what about the virtual tabletop? We kind of skimmed over. Mm-hmm. It is an Unreal Engine 5. It looked actually pretty good. The The detail of the models, the detail of the terrain they were putting in there. Um, it still felt like a, a virtual tabletop, but like yeah. your little guy would like clamber, 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 you know, because he's just like a, uh, like a miniature, but then they mm-hmm. they showed spell effects and stuff, which were kind of cool. Um, I don't know. Is it? Uh, I guess I like playing at the table. I really do. 
And even when it's theater of the mind at the table, I still enjoy that more. Uh, but I might be persuaded differently. Maybe, I mean, the ability for me as a dungeon master to show, like, here's this. Uh, and I think there is, uh, you're right, it does look like Tailspire. Somebody said like that. Like, Tailspire is very yeah. similar. It's like you're moving miniatures on yeah. the table. Yeah, and, and it's got so bases I, don't, on the character. I don't think they're doing anything new other than when they make, a, you know, Waterdeep Dragon Heist, they could make a bundle also that has like all the 3d town maps and stuff and i like that so i think that could be a lot of fun yeah Yeah. uh but for me crafting stuff like that i don't know if that's a huge thing they kind of talked a little bit about the ability for um like i could make a custom animation and sell it on D &D or Mm -hmm. on the virtual tabletop or something and then wizards would get like a small chunk of it because you're selling it on their platform not really sure but yeah, they said there would be creator tools. They were embracing, you know, the community to be able to make their stuff too. So I assume it would be follow the model of like a, you know, um, a DM's guild or the stuff that's probably on D and D Beyond now. That is, because in order for it to general. be successful, you got to have uh, adventures, and you have to mm-hmm. have and like wizards can't make enough adventures to fill everybody's niche niche that they want, mm-hmm. you know? So that's why they did the DMs guild. It's like, do you want to make more forgotten realms adventures? Here you go. You want to make more Eberron content? Here you go. Um, but what they should, yeah. they, they, I think they're in the right path because what they should be building is the story blocks or the blocks for people to create with. Right. So yeah. here's, we will create a, a, a town map for you, but everything in that town map, every block, every little piece can be pulled apart and then you can use it for any of your stuff. And you get a couple of those and now you can recombine them in such a way that now you have something unique. And I think that's the best way to go with any of these virtual tabletops is, yes, provide some stuff, but then just allow the remaneuvering of all those things and the recombining and to be able to take those pieces just like a Minecraft. The, the power of Minecraft is taking every little square and putting it exactly where you want it. So then it, when you stand back, it looks like the thing you want it to look like. Mm-hmm. That's what these virtual tabletops. And I think going high quality is the one thing that makes it a little bit better to me than Roll20 or Fantasy Grounds is still mostly 2D unless your DM's gotten creative and did like an isometric map and maybe like an isometric token that is still 2D, but it it looks 3D. Yeah, it, but this yeah. is... 3D. And so you can have the 3D mechanic. You can have different levels of things going on. And the quality of the models, I think, is something that I'm excited about because now you're getting, you know, everybody's building their own miniature figures over at Hero Forge. You get that quality now sitting on your table when my Eric Hoker is moving around and your your artificer is doing his thing with his pistols out and his, yeah. you know, he's got his cool stuff. And so I just think there's. I agree that being at the table is cool. Just like being at a table where somebody, like if we went and played at James Wall's house, he's bought everything Forge World I can think of. Uh, dungeon got, Forge. Like he's got drag, stats, yeah. yeah, yeah. So if he wants to lay out a dungeon and you play at that table, that's a different experience than the table of the map. Yeah. And you've got it and you're you're moving things around. That's a different experience than the theater of the mind. And they all have positives to each of those mm-hmm. but man when somebody sets out that big table and it's a big mega dungeon that they've created for today's session and you're going to move your miniatures even you're rolling dice on the table just like critical role 
brings out the big centerpiece battle thing and they're all moving around you know that's yeah just, i know like my uh dm nathan does the same thing you know like we'll talk and we'll have our little thing and then when the final battle comes out he like drops this huge thing he's working on because he bought all the whiz kids train and stuff and yeah. and dragon or Dra- dungeon forge dragon forge something like that um dwarven dragon forge tile, dwarven tiles, forge dwarven is forge. what it is <laughs> yeah. so he has a lot of the dwarven forge stuff and he'll connect it all up. And then you're right. It's a, you know, when you see that Spelljammer ship and you're just like, holy cow, like, it's really cool. Um, I I don't know. Like, but I, again, that's cool in a physical real space. I don't know if it'll be, oh, well, we'll see. I don't know. I should, I'm not, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm saying I'm like, I don't know. I don't yeah. have a super interest in it right now, but. Well, and everybody has their preference. So if you are, if you do love theater of the mind, I get it because. I think a lot of theater people love theater of the mind. I think they love the talking it out and imagining it in their head. I think just it just makes the off game each faster. Other and, like, yeah. yeah. Like, I uh, running DCC as a theater of the mind, uh, originally I was like, oh, it's kind of, I won't be able to use my terrain, and I was all excited. But, like, the more we do it, I'm like, man, this just speeds up gameplay. We get more done. Um, mm. But it doesn't speed up gameplay in a negative sense. I guess the the antithesis of that would be uh, or the the other side of the argument is terrain and miniatures slow down the game to for Jordan to a point where I'm like this is this is you know I have to see where I am can I reach that uh you know rather than just asking me and I'm like you're pretty far away he's like okay so it'll take two moves I'm like yeah you know like see and I want to get my measuring thing out. I'm like okay I'm in, I'm in 30 yeah. feet I get a cone where's my cone going to go yep. am I around the corner can and I that can be fun this? you know that can be fun <laughs> I love it so much uh so yeah i don't know lots of stuff i well, overall it was more tabletop was coming yeah oh yeah 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 yeah. they've been working on that and i guess they're gonna do a slow release because it's gonna be buggy i'm sure uh so i don't know who i think we'll learn more about it when uh that creator summit is next yeah yeah but i think we'll learn even more about the vtt after the creator mm-hmm. summit which is this upcoming week i think it's like or maybe it's the week after i don't know but uh, they're the you know Ted and them. At least I know Ted. He's going to be going and seeing the virtual tabletop and experiencing and talking with people. So, yeah. yeah. Did you get a chance to watch the PAX East acquisitions incorporated? Not game? yet. I haven't yet. Ooh. I need to. It's like God. I, okay, it's on my list. Yeah. Oh. I hear it was I good. I hear it was really good. It's a tie-in because the Kickstarter. Yeah, has happened, has successfully funded. Um, and this is kind of like they start the game and they kind of are starting to set up a little bit of that. And and I think it's awesome that you should watch it. I think it's really good. I, it was I really backed funny. it, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's so fun to watch them play Dungeons and Dragons. I just I don't under I don't know why I like Acquisitions Incorporated so much that game style, but I love the Jerry Holkins games. I love it so much. So it. They talk about the Kickstarter a little bit, and then the, um, God, I don't want to spoil it. I'll just let you watch. Don't it. spoil it. <laughs> I'm not gonna spoil it. Let me watch I it. I want to talk about it too, like the movie. So, all right. So, um, how'd your? Oh, I did want to say one thing. Uh, Evil Genius Games was a Kickstarter I talked about months ago, and it's the Everyday Heroes role tabletop role playing game, mm-hmm. and it was the one in their advertisement where they create a system that was Everyday Heroes, so kind of like a modern day gaming system and then what they they had licenses to a bunch of franchises like pacific rim you know and and like a 
uh, Escape from New York, all these movie franchises Rambo. that they were building books the crow. for this game. And you okay. could, yeah, you could just do all this stuff. So I, I backed it. I was like, oh, this could be cool and fun. But they sent an email out uh, just this last week that said they want to redo one of their settings, one of their worlds that was called Urban Arcana. So think Dresden's Files, think, you know, that kind of thing. And the contest is, I wanted to read this to you because I thought this was interesting. So the first step is you submit a 200-word concept by March, and the time frame is between March 20th and April 20th. So you have basically another 20 days. Um, 10 semifinalists will be announced. The semifinalists will then submit a 1,000-paid submission. So you'll get paid for your 1,000-word submission, and that'll be between May 8th and June 9th. Then three finalists will be picked on June 22nd. Fans will get to vote, and then the winner will be announced on August 3rd. So this is the Eberron contest in yeah. some way, yeah. Jordan. What do you think of? I'm already putting and it's notes for down. it's I'm, for modern modern fantasy, right? Like like yeah, Dresden Files Arcana. or Urban Arcana. And okay. the yeah, and the way they they explained it was um, think about magic is how magic would affect our everyday world now, and what you get to in the thing it talks about where did the magic come from? What is magic? How does it work? Who has it? Where has it been? Has it been here all the time? Has it just arrived? What, what has happened? And so you really can, you have a blank canvas and your setting idea is to be, you know, modern day, but magic. So I was thinking of like, if you watch the the Netflix show, Bright was kind of an example of this modern okay. day, but they brought in magic, right? And said, okay, what's our world look like if magic actually exists? Not just like everybody's surprised, but it's right, it, like it world. always has been part, you know, there, but you still have like the firemen and the police force. There's just magic wands as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking and they had some really cool um, art for it already. And then it was I was seeing if there was anything else in here. Imagine a world where magic is real. The impossible becomes possible. But how did this magic come into existence? Was it a gift from the gods or the results of a long forgotten experiment? Mm -hmm. What proposal should delve into the origins? Did the elder races, who are the elder races, you know, any of that. So I thought, Jordan, this could be, I'm going to do this. Really? Okay. I'm encouraging you to also do this because this could be your Eberron shot, right? <laughs> all you got to do is come up with a hundred word submission. Maybe you make oh, it yeah. to That's the semifinals. It. Then you do a thousand words and then you're into the finals. You get voted. You could be making your own Eberron world. Here's the shot. And then they're going to publish it and put it in a book. And they're going to pay you to do it. So I thought, oh, this is really cool. I don't know. It could be fun. I and have an not I, I have not as much interest in it as you want me to, which I feel okay. sad. Okay. Um, right. And I don't know why. Like I, Harry I think, Potter? Yeah. No, you're right. Like Harry Potter, Dresden, I love. Uh, I mean, I love those secret worlds that are like. Mm -hmm. The magicians know, on um, uh, Netflix. Even uh, Invisible Sun is like this, where it's like yes. the world was never what you thought it was kind of a thing. So mm -hmm. um, American Gods, like that's another like I love stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah. All right. Well, if you're not going to do it, I may pick your brain to help oh, me on some of the I would ideas love to help. I yeah, because <laughs> I, I would love to, to bounce ideas for sure. That sounds way yeah. fun. Um, cool. That's cool, right. though. Well, that's kind of fun. Yeah, I, wanted to I, I, uh, I hope they 
don't screw over those people like they have kind of uh, Keith Baker, <laughs> but because he loves right. Eberron so much and he just can't do anything with it. But six one half a dozen. And I did. The only other piece I was going to throw out there news wise was I did get my packet from MCDM packet number seven. That it did come out. Yep. All of good stuff. I'll I downloaded it. it. I didn't have a chance to read it, but is it? Um, it's the last one too. So that means that they should yeah. be finalizing playtesting soon. Uh, which mm-hmm. means Flea Mortals should be coming out at some point, which will be cool. Yeah, this has Corporeal Undead, Demons, Devils, Dragons, Otiugs, Titans, and new rules for minions, um, companions, retainers, and villains. It has some spells in there. It has some new conditions in there. It has a lot of extra. It has a ton of stuff. Nice. So if you guys are backing that, make go ahead and check it out. It looks all the stuff I've read so far just this morning looked really fun and really cool. Um, nice. I, I was really enjoying it. So yeah, my how did your uh, gaming week go? Oh, well my gaming week was great. Uh, we played uh purple planet, which was super fun. And my players are almost about to escape. I think we're, we're going to lose a bunch of not lose, but next week, not as many people can arrive, but we're, we're actually, they have a completed gem which is they need these giant green gems in order to power all of the weird electronics and magical items on the purple planet. And they need a, a complete one. And uh, they, they now have a complete one. So now they're looking for the teleportation device that brought them here to use that to get out of here. And I have um, a couple of options, and I'll run it by my players too. But one is they'll be level six at that point when they leave the purple planet. They're level five right now. And which actually, I got to say this, I think Pathfinder does this too, but at level five, they get two actions, but their first action die is a D20 and their second action die is a D14. But you still, in some instances, have like a plus six or a plus seven to hit. Some of my players do at level five for DCC. Um, so it's like, okay, I'll roll my D20 and I'll, oh, I'll roll my D14. Uh, and it's like, you have a less chance of a hit, but... It's still, I don't know, I thought it was really cool that they could, the the actions were split up like that. And I was thinking about that going forward, but I was like, I think um, Pathfinder does something similar where like your first attack has like a big bonus and then you start getting negatives uh, on your second attack. So it goes down to like, well, my by my third attack, it's just a D20 rather than the plus 11 that I usually have or something. But you could still hit or you could use that action to like dash or something. So it's kind of like, I never feel like I'm wasting an action, but I, uh, you know, because how many times have we played where you're like, what can I do with my bonus action? I feel like I need to use it. It's like, well, you can't use it. Well, okay, I guess I'm done then. And this way, it's like, even if I have a like 2% chance to hit, I could still try it and be like, well, huh, uh, I tried, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So something I really like about that. But I think what we're going to do is when we finish, we'll go to... Uh, a fun level six adventure that I have called like chaos in the cosmos or something. I forget the name of it, but I have it printed out somewhere. Uh, but then we were talking about doing a star Trek game. Cause like I casually mentioned that I was like watching Picard and I knew like uh, some of my friends liked Trekkie stuff, but when I dropped it, like apparently everybody at the table loved star Trek and we were all they talking about their uniforms out. Well, and they're like, uh, Sure. We were all talking about like <laughs> DS9 and Voyager and how much they loved this. And like someone's walking or watching their uh, someone with their girlfriend or is wa- watching 
TNG with their girlfriend at the moment. So she's getting exposed to it. She's like, no, it's fun. And I was like, guys, I have every PDF, thanks to a humble bundle of Star Trek role-playing adventures. Like I would run this and they're like, that sounds amazing. And so maybe I'll get my Star Trek game that I really, really want. And Lucian will be the most jealous. (laughs) I will. I've only, I've ran one for my friends and it was so cool. I, I, I think you'll love running it too. There's oh, yeah. such a good... And it's a world and a universe I know oh, so, so much good. about. And they do too. Yeah. So I think that'll also be fun. It's like we can we can have surprises because you don't know everything, but like, mm-hmm. oh, could be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I hope you record it. I want to watch it. I don't think we'll record it, but maybe. Maybe I'll do <laughs> like cast inter- or cast. Yeah, like cast interviews or something and we could talk about it like that. That could be kind of fun for the Jocular Junction channel. I don't know be sweet um, can i be a host of a show on jocular junction that is interviewing your players after a session oh yeah how fun <laughs> would that, that be? be like yeah that would be so cool that would be way if cool they would be willing to do it that'd be uh awesome. yeah they might i'm sure i don't know a lot of them don't have excellent microphones and stuff which is part of the problem with online content they can borrow but, yours but they, they could come over here to your sessions over yeah and then i'll be like then- okay <laughs> sit here lucian wants to talk to you that'll be funny yeah um, but with my DCC Dying Earth box arriving behind me, I am probably going to spend a while reading through that. And then I'm sure that's going to be like, oh my gosh, guys, we got to play Dying Earth. It's going to be so cool. Yeah. Every yeah. book you read, the last book you read is always the campaign you want to run now. Yeah. <laughs> so like well, I'm and, reading Pathfinder, I want to run Pathfinder. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And Lex and I just did a, a video on the Jocular Junction about a really interesting game called Public Access which somebody in the comments said it's kind of like adults on bikes because it's very kids on bikes, but you're adults dealing with like heavier things. And we were reading it and I'm like, I want to run this. Like I would run this for Halloween. Like this seems so cool. And uh, Mm -hmm. so, yeah, you're right. Every game I read, I'm just like, Oh, I keep thinking about that. Cause I'm like way back in the day, I was going to run forbidden lands. And now I don't think about forbidden lands as much because I've got all these other games I'm thinking of. And Cause you haven't read that one in a while, but, uh, but I'm sure if I picked it up, I'd be, in. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, how's your games going? Cause you guys are, are going to space, right? Going to the moon. I, we went through a stargate. How many characters have you had go through a stargate? And I've been to a spell jammer port. Nice. Where actual spell jammer ships could be, although there were none at the moment. Um, we are, we did a raid on a star dock up in the tiers of saloon. Yeah. Spoilers for that made a, uh, an appearance in the Dungeons of Dragons movie. Did. Just so I you know, it so much. I pointed at the screen when it happened. I was like, yes, <laughs> we're right there. Um, that was super cool. And we have found out one of the cool things is, um, this has always been spoilers when we talk about Dungeons of Bad Mage anyways. We've been dealing with a lot of Githyanki recently. So we had a lot of levels of Drow for a while. Yeah. And now we've had a couple of levels of Githyanki and Githzerai. And we've just been informed the next level we're going down to is an Illithid colony. Whoa. And we're going down like space marines and starship troopers. We're going to a Like alien. Like, yes, uh, we're going shotguns and flamethrowers. We're taking this thing on and it's going down. You know, I've, I've never used a uh, elder brain before in a D&D game. But now mm. that would be cool. I mean, that that feels that that feels like a really awesome boss fight, like tentacles, yes. mind flares, like, oh, yeah. giant and brain psychic like- damage. 
of all the things that's going on in, in Dungeon the Mad Mage, because it is kind of a madhouse dungeon, and you're you're meeting all these different factions, and, and in your mind, depending on what type of gamers you are, you could be things, you know, why are they here? Should we talk to them? Should we fight them? Should whatever. But there is no doubt in any of our party's minds that when we go up against the Illithid, there is nothing but death and destruction. <laughs> there is no, there will be no negotiations. There will be no talk. It's like one of those things where you know you're right and you get to go down and just lay waste. And it's just going to be so good. <laughs> Hold so on to your butt. We're looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, that sounds forward. awesome. Um, that's our Thursday night game and it's been going really good. Uh, we're, we're getting really high up in the character level too, which I think is awesome. Being able to play a character that's a higher level is definitely a different type of game mode. Of yeah. All the things you can do. And like you were just talking about bonus action. I've got like 10 things I can do with my bonus action now. And I'm like dying because I need more bonus actions. Like I need, yeah. I need three bonus actions to do all the things I want to do. And I can't. So I have to choose. So there is something about the economy of action starting to break down. And the fact that you have more stuff that you can do on your sheet than is possible that the rules let you to limit, you know, you just going God mode on something, but it's like, Oh, there's so much good stuff there. So we're having a lot of fun. Um, I did want to just, I know we're, we're almost done, but here's, here's my idea for urban arcana. Okay. Let me give you, let me just give you one little premise. The city of Atlantis as described was a big circle like city described by Homer, right? Yeah. What if it wasn't a city? What if it was a seal to trap and stop magic in the world? And then the people that controlled it lost control of it and it sunk. Nobody knows where it's at anymore. And that's why magic is gone because there is a seal also known as the city of Atlantis is blocking it until just a few years ago, the seal finally breaks. It degrades enough under the ocean that it breaks. And now the magic is not sealed anymore. And now it is part of our normal world. That's where I'm starting my premise. I like it. I, I want to say like, if was the hmm, was the magic where was the magic where was the magic before it was sealed and is it like there's a magical oh, realm well. and this was a portal or it just like all the magic got I don't know yeah okay. so the seal so the the big bad guy in my mind like you the the Vecna or whoever built the seal to control the world's magic because they didn't want anybody else using the world's magic and the world has magic so that's why you have all the gods and the and all of the 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 lore before Homer's time, right? Before, you know, the times of the Greeks, before the Romans and all of that stuff. You have all these things and they're real. Cyclopses and Titans and dragons and all that stuff's real. So the big bad guy creates the seal given to him by some entity that teaches him or tells him how to create the seal that is going to take all of the magic and only the person at the center of the seal can wield the magic and nobody else can because this magical ritual mm-hmm. has blocked it from everywhere else and everything else. And so his the, the big bad guy's plan was, okay, now I control the world because I control the seal. But they lose control of it and it sinks and there's no way they can do anything with it at the bottom of the ocean. And it's just gone. So it's just, it just 
disappears and becomes myth. Magic isn't real anymore because it's been gone for so long until it does come back. Mm-hmm. I I like this idea. I think it would be this, you know, bouncing back and forth. Not yeah, saying yeah, it was yeah. a bad idea. Um, what if like a ancient Atlantean yeah. council of wizards uh, had to seal away um, like a demon or something? Uh, so they're part of magic is that all these monsters are running around humanity is going to fall and they're like oh but we're gonna lose our powers if we do this and they're like we don't have a choice because it's either lose our powers and get rid of all of these monsters or let the monsters thrive and then we die so they do that and then like centuries go by people forget about magic things like that uh maybe they gave their lives the wizards in a in a ritual to do this to create this seal um, but over time, the seal is like waning. And now one demon has been able to punch through. And so it could start small, like little mir- you know, miracles happened. People don't really understand what's going on. And then as more magic is leaking out, uh, they're like, oh, but also on top of that, there's this new like political leader who's actually a devil or something you know and he's like trying to control stuff and i don't know that could be interesting too but you actually kind of that's what i was thinking is that there was an outside influence i was thinking like a devil or a demon or like a a cthulhu style god that tells this person do this and you'll have all the power knowing that it's going to allow it to come into the world or allow it to start to take over. And Mm. so it had like that ulterior motive and they lose. But I like that idea of, yeah, that's exactly the way I'm leaning. And that's exactly when the thing that they talk about in the article too, is that, you know, all of the races exist. So you kind of have to also have an idea of not to keep going too long, but where were our dwarves? Where are the elves? Where are the, the different races, what's happened to them if they've been gone or have they been here all, all, all along? And does your world incorporate that or are they coming back or are, have they returned or are they just shown up? So that's the coolness of, I think this contest is you get to decide those little ideas of, has it been with us this whole time or is it just now happening and how are we reacting to it? And then what has that made this world different? Do we have like a little police force that is an anti-magic police force for anybody that's using magic in the wrong way, you know, just like that, that show bright. So yeah, I, don't, I, I think I, the same wavelength. Yeah. I like the idea of like, uh, um, y- your game could also take place in that the seal is like open, but not fully open. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like Vason, uh, wh- where you're like the special task force to go out and find the fairies or find the Cyclops, you know, because regular humanity is not ready for this. Um, but also there's the mystery of like, why are they coming back? There's more of them lately kind of a thing. And then, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, maybe as more magic leaks out, like your fey lineage activates and you become more elf-like all of a sudden. So That's where uh, I was going. I was just thinking the more magic in the world, your genes almost yeah. like certain people Activate, have like a mutant power. Activate. Like, yeah. And they are where you could be an elf, but because there's no magic in the world, you just look like Jordan. Yeah. But as magic starts to permeate the world more, your elven features might then start to appear more. And that's mm. that's one of the reasons ways I was thinking that's how we could get dwarves back. And that's how we get elves and orcs and all this other stuff. Uh, the frost giants magic- were exiled to Antarctica and they wake yes. up. <laughs> <laughs> 
So cool. this is going to be fun. I, I think it's excited. It's got me excited. Um, I'm going to try it. We'll see. You know, 200 words. How hard could it be to come up with 200 words, right? Uh, it's probably right, harder to limit yourself, honestly. Like, yeah, yes, my doc is growing huge. <laughs> um, also, I want—I forgot to say—I'm I'm, not—I'm uh, not pimping my Great Mode Ron March show as much as I should because it's actually pretty oh, good. But we—we we had kind of a shopping episode last time uh, Thursday, so it wasn't too expen- too too exciting to watch, in, from my opinion. Um, but I wanted to tell you that I used Monty Cook's Plane Breaker. Because they teleported and they didn't know where they went. And so I opened that book and they went to Timeborn, which is the city on the Plane Breaker Comet. And they had to like figure out where they were. And they're like, what is going on? They met some interesting NPCs. Um, And because it's out of time and space, I'm going to say that it isn't partial to some of the knowledge restriction rules that I set up earlier. So hopefully they'll be able to like ask the right questions and stuff. Uh, but Very cool. it's, That's a good book. we're moving forward with it and I like it when I can incorporate third party content and that book was awesome. And yes. I think everyone should use it cause it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's our show, ladies and gentlemen. You can follow us on social media. I am uh, uh, Jordan with a PH. He is Sir Lucian Gaming. Um, follow the YouTube channel, Jocular Junction. You can follow the Saturday Morning RPG Show. Um, and, uh, yeah, Patreon, all that other stuff. Links down in the doobly-doo. And we'll see you next week for another episode of the Saturday Morning RPG Show. Bye.